The Best of LKN podcast is produced by Epic Journey Media. Known as a digital marketing agency that delivers results for small businesses, Epic Journey Media designs affordable and attractive websites, offers top-notch SEO management services, and helps small businesses and professional services firms build simple and effective sales and marketing funnels. More traffic, more leads, more clients for your business, guaranteed. Go to epicjourneymedia.com and book a free discovery call. That's epicjourneymedia.com. Hey friends, Jeff here with the Best of LKN. Before I roll this episode, I want to take just a second to thank a couple of our sponsors. First, our insurance guy, John Hassel with North Carolina Farm Bureau Insurance in Huntersville. John and his team are the best of the best when it comes to insurance needs. Home, auto, health, life, you name it. John Hassel is a consummate professional in every way. I couldn't recommend anyone higher. John's awesome. Get to know him in episode 108 of the Best of LKN podcast. Secondly, I want to give Filter Time a shout out. Filter Time makes remembering your home air filters easy by shipping them right to your door every couple months. Never forget air filters again. Filter Time is locally owned by NASCAR legends Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Blake Cook. Get your filters at FilterTime.com. You can get to know Blake in episode 154 of the Best of LKN podcast. Big thanks to John Hassel with North Carolina Farm Bureau Insurance and the guys at FilterTime.com for their support. Now, on with the podcast. Welcome to the Best of LKN, a podcast featuring the best small businesses and the most influential professionals around Lake Norman, North Carolina. Each week, we spotlight those businesses and individuals that are making a positive impact here in the Lake Norman area. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Best of LKN podcast. We're glad you're joining us. First, I want to thank everyone that has signed up for our email newsletter. Our subscriptions have tripled in just the last month, and it means the world to us here at the Best of LKN to have your support. As an extra incentive, we've been sending our email newsletter subscribers a discount code for a different local restaurant or cafe each week. I hope you've been taking advantage of the program. And thanks, as always, for supporting these local small businesses. If you haven't already signed up for the email newsletter, it's really easy. Just go to our homepage at www.thebestoflkn.com. Scroll down to the email newsletter sign-up form, enter your first name and preferred email address, and you're all set. We send the email newsletter out every Sunday. And don't worry, we'll never share your email address with anyone else, and we'll never spam your inbox. Thanks so much for signing up. In this episode, we're featuring a new small business in Mooresville that is delivering a chef-driven fine dining experience to your door. 55 Prime was founded by Chef Peter Olsacher in 2021 to provide an alternative to traditional meal prep services for an underserved luxury market. Chef Peter brings 40 years of professional culinary experience to 55 Prime and a career that has spanned continents. I had the opportunity to sample several of the entrees on the menu, as well as a steak from the butcher shop, and I can tell you that the meals are amazing, exactly what you'd expect from the kitchen of a fine dining restaurant. The story of Chef's career and entrepreneurial journey is one that I think you're going to love. Mooresville and Lake Norman area are lucky to have 55 Prime, and I encourage you to have a go at their menu real soon. It can be found at www.55primenc.com. For now, enjoy getting to know Chef Peter Olsacker, the founder of 55 Prime. 
In this episode, we're featuring 55 Prime chef and owner Peter Olsaker is joining me. Peter, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Uh, how did I do on pronouncing your name? You did really well. <laughs> Better than average. Good. I'll take it. I'll take that. Chef Peter, thanks for joining me. Um, I've really been looking forward to featuring 55 Prime on the podcast and on the Best of LKN. Uh, we are recording at, at your location in Mooresville and uh, just outside the kitchen, which is an active kitchen. You're in production today, so there might be some background noise, but uh, we'll be fine. Chef Peter, share with the listeners a little bit of your background. What is a little bit of your bio, where you're from. Uh, you don't sound right. like you're from North Carolina. And, uh, and a little bit of your career and, and what led to 55 Prime. All right. Well, <clears throat> yes, I am not from North Carolina and I'm not from Georgia either. <laughs> I'm actually from Austria, uh, the heart of Europe. My background is really, um, I grew up in a very small village in Austria. The village was so small that in our elementary school, we only had three classrooms. The, the third grade was, half of it was taught by the second grade teacher and the other half was taught by the fourth grade teacher. And uh, <clears throat> growing up, there was a lot of fun. Um, and my grandparents, they had a farm. And I loved being on the farm. And what I really loved about it, we only ate what we planted. We only ate what we harvested. There were no strawberries in December. Uh, they only were there when in the fall, when they were ri ripening. We uh, foraged for mushrooms. Uh, we killed and slaughtered our own animals. Uh, we processed them, and everything was used all the time. And I think this is really where I fell in love with uh, the the cooking, the processing of food, uh, the the whole process that you go through in preparing a meal. Because my grandmother was a fantastic, fantastic cook. Everything was baked in house. We made our own breads. We cured our own hams, and. Um, I just really enjoyed it. In Austria, like in many other European countries, when you're 15 years old, you have to decide what you want to do for the rest of your life. So <laughs> that is way too early, and I'm looking at my children. They're all in their 20s now. But when they were 15, they couldn't even decide what they wanted to have for breakfast. <laughs> so it's a big decision, and... Uh, so with 15, you decide, do I want to learn a trade or do I want to go further to school and get a college degree? Um, school wasn't really my thing. So I said, I want to learn a trade. And uh, it was always to become a cook. And in Europe, when you start the trade, you know, when you finish your what we call the apprenticeship, you're not going to be on top of your, your profession. So you would never say, oh, I'm becoming a chef. You always would say, I'm becoming a cook. Mm -hmm. And then later, eventually worked towards the goal of becoming a chef. And you would consider yourself when you're uh, an executive chef in a restaurant or in a hotel. Uh, doing my apprenticeship, I was very fortunate uh, because I had the luck to get accepted by a Michelin star restaurant. It was a hotel restaurant, and uh, going in there, um, it's not like cooking in grandma's cook kitchen anymore. <laughs> it's a little different. It is very disciplined. Uh, 
There are now 15, 20 cooks, chefs in the kitchen, and you are the one who uh, is picking the herbs, peeling the potatoes, and eventually the more you apply yourself, the more responsibilities you get. But it's really learning from the ground up, um, and an apprenticeship works if you work in a really good place, you're going to learn a lot. If you work in a small mom and pop where they have maybe 15 menu items on the menu, you're going to be really good on knowing those once you finished after the three years, but you're not going to know much more. So therefore, part of the apprenticeship uh, is also culinary school. So every year you work for 10 months and then for two months at a time, you go to the culinary school. And everybody goes to the same school. And the way it is, I worked in a place that was busy in the summer. It was in the city. But in the winter, there was not that much business. So you always get drafted to go to school um, in the winter time. If you would do an apprenticeship at a, a ski resort in a hotel, you would go to school in the, in the summer. So it doesn't interfere with the, the seasonal height of the business. And in school you learn all the basics. You learn how to make the sauces. You learn how to make the bread. You learn how to butcher an animal. You learn how to set the table. You learn a little bit about nutrition. And um, they even tossed in French and they still don't speak a lick of French. <laughs> that language just doesn't work for me. But it makes you more well-rounded. And then after the three years, you take a test and the test is pretty much... You spend half a day cooking in um, in a facility, and it's not only you. It's typically 10 apprentices uh, at one time, and your meal gets evaluated uh, by three master chefs. And then you spend the afternoon for a couple of hours talking to the master chefs, and they ask you all types of questions about cooking, but it's all still very basic. Um, and then uh, when you pass that exam, then you are a certified cook. So I did that, and then uh, I worked for a couple of years uh, back in Austria, and I worked in ski resorts during the winter, and then I worked on a lake uh, during the summer. And I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, you work at the ski resort, and back home, you always work splits. So you work, say, from 8 in the morning until 2 to cover your lunch. And then you have some time off until 5. And then you work from 5 till 9, uh, the dinner service. So in the afternoon, we went skiing. We just had a good time. Uh, and, yeah, life was really, really good for a young kid, you yeah. know. I was still in my early 20s then. Um, and then I had the opportunity to go to Bermuda. It was actually an Austrian and his German partner. They opened a German restaurant in Bermuda. And uh, I found it in the local newspaper. There was an ad, and I applied. Heard back from them a couple months later. And off I went to Bermuda, uh, only to find out it wasn't really as advertised. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it was slightly different. So I came from cooking in very high-end places. And um, when I looked around and said, hey, where are all the other chefs that you told me were here? I was like, uh, no, you're the, you're the only one. Wow. 
Wow. And I'm like, there was a there was a wow, not yeah. in a good sense. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, um, I had a great time. And at that time, as funny as it may sound, the majority of cooks and chefs on the island. They all were German, they were Austrians, they were Swiss, and, of course, British. Yeah. We were all expats. Uh, we had a great time. Bermuda is a beautiful island. It is. You go to the beaches in the afternoon, and uh, uh, you went to the pubs, and it was, it was just a whole different lifestyle, and I really enjoyed living in Bermuda. Then the time came, and... Um, when you're an expat, you need to get a release paper in order to get work at a different place after a year because you always have a contract for a year because it's also the way your work permit goes. Mm -hmm. And um, they didn't want it to give me the release paper, so it was either work for them for another year or, or leave. And I decided to leave. And that brought me down to the Cayman Islands. I wasn't ready to go home then. <laughs> uh, when I left for Bermuda first, it was like, yeah, I'm going to go there for a year. And uh, But I just enjoyed it. So I said, ah, let's put on another year in the Cayman Islands. Uh, honestly, when I went there, I didn't even know where it was. Yeah. <laughs> I had to look on the globe, you know. That was before the iPhones. Look at yeah. the big map. And I'm like, oh, right below Cuba. Right Here below we go. Cuba, yeah. And... Uh, Cayman, I loved. Uh, and then Cayman, we cooked in some really good restaurants. We cooked really, really good foods. And again, all the kitchen staff was from all over the world. Uh, Europeans, I cooked with uh, Italians. I cooked with Canadians, Australians, English, even a guy from New Zealand. Uh, and we, we worked hard. We bought hard. Um, and again, there was a sense of, since we were all expats, we were all family. And uh, I met some of my best friends in the Cayman Islands. I spent a total of eight years there. And this is now, oh my God, almost 30 years in the, in the past. And we're still in touch. So, um, and when I see them, it's like, even that I haven't seen them in years maybe, we hit it off like, uh, you know, we just saw each other last week. It, it's like, uh, it's a really good bond that we had. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a really good time. So in the Cayman Islands, I met my first wife. I'm only married twice, okay? Okay. <laughs> but I met my first wife, uh, Christine. And, uh, Christine was from the States as well, from the States. Um, we got married. And then we wanted to have a family. We wanted to have children. But I just could not see myself raising a family in the Cayman Islands. Because um, think about living in a little village, but you can't drive away. The Caymans is about 32 square miles. And that's Grand Cayman. The other two islands are even smaller than that. And when I was there, there was maybe about 20,000 people living there. So everything is very small. So <clears throat> I said, um, let's go back to Austria because I wanted to ground myself. 
back into the cuisine in European and all that because I didn't know in the eight, nine years that I was gone how much did Europe change in food, the styles and all that because that was all before the, the internet. That was in the early 90s. Yeah. So there was no internet. You couldn't Google anything, you right. know. <laughs> Um, you couldn't even call your, your parents on the phone. Nobody had a cell phone then. Right. <laughs> I remember <laughs> to call my parents, uh, I would call them like every month. Uh, I had to go to the local post office and they had a row of phones, pay phones. And you had to tell the teller, hey, I want to make a call to Austria. And she's like, how long? Uh, 10 minutes. Okay. And then you gave her the money for the 10 minutes. And then you called, and hopefully somebody would pick up on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was no texting or anything. There was, you know, it, it was very different. Sure. Um, so I wanted to see myself and uh, what happened in Europe while I was gone, because my goal ultimately was to come to the United States. And um, I had the chance to work with a very well-known restaurateur in almost in a city that was very close to where I grew up, where my, my, my parents still lived. It's called Klagenfurt. And um, we created this Mediterranean menu, and the restaurant was called Restaurant Oscar. And within the first year that we opened it up, I actually got a Michelin star there. In Austria, we don't have Michelin. That's not the guide that we have. We have Gomelio. And instead of stars, to give you chef hats. But it's very equal to the Michelin. So I always refer to it as Michelin because people have no idea what Gomelio is. Right. Um, so that was, that was tremendous because not a lot of people get it. Um, and um, I worked there for two years. And the thing is, it just beat me up. And what... When I worked in the Cayman Islands, the Caymans are tax-free. In Austria, you pay a lot of taxes. So we paid a lot of taxes here in the States, but in Austria, Europe, you even pay more. And Austria is a great country. It's a beautiful country, and it takes care of you from the great cradle when you're born all the way to the grave. There is medicine there. There is retirement. There is unemployment. There is all of that. Uh, there is very affordable housing. If you sign up for it when you are 17, 18, and then you may get into that housing when you're in your mid-20s mm -hmm. because they're building apartment complexes, and the apartment complexes are very nice. Uh, and they're beautiful, but they are built by the government, and when you're on the list, eventually your name comes up and you get one of those apartments and it's pretty much apartment for life and the rent is very, very low. But since I was gone, <laughs> I had to rent private and it was just really expensive. We had our first child while we were there. And uh, I was like, you know, I'm working my butt off. We're getting good results in you know, uh, getting the recognition in the restaurant, and that made me feel really good. But at the same time, there was very little opportunities. I saw very few opportunities for us really to get ahead. 
And I said to my wife, uh, honey, get me my green card. <laughs> so uh, six months later, we came to the States. And when we came to the States, um, we settled up in Orlando. That It happened by accident. Um, the hospitality and tourism capital of the U.S., probably. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, thanks to Disney, thanks yeah. to Universal. Um, a lot of people in Orlando work in the hospitality industry. I mean, this is the industry in Orlando. And I got a job in a really nice hotel, <clears throat> worked there in the fine dining restaurant. Everything was absolutely great. And this little uh, restaurant opened up called Bahama Breeze. And Bahama Breeze uh, was a Darden concept. Darden, they own Olive Garden, they own Longhorn, the Capitol Grill, Eddie V's, Cheddar's, Yard House, and Seasons 52. And when I was in Orlando, they are based in Orlando. When I was in Orlando, they opened the first prototype of Bahama Breeze. And it was a Caribbean-inspired restaurant. Really big, had about 400 seats, inside, outside, patio, live music on the patio. And I went there and I was like, I was blown away. This was like, it took me back to the islands. And the vibe was tremendous. The food was great. It was very, the authentic dishes were very authentic. And I liked it so much that um, I went back to the next week and the next week because I just enjoyed it. Um, as it happened, Bahama Breeze uh, opened their second restaurant. And they were looking for uh, what was called then a development chef. Somebody who works in the desk kitchen to develop new dishes uh, to fit on the menu and uh, create the recipes, create the cost, and do all of that. And I got the job. They were looking for somebody with Caribbean experience but also classical training. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did for the past 24 years. I worked for Darden Restaurant, Bahama Breeze, eventually a little for the other concepts as well. And uh, it was a dream job because you worked uh, Monday to Friday. I saw the company grow from two restaurants to 42 restaurants. Uh, I taught culinary classes to all the managers. So I got to know all the people that are working in the restaurant, give them a little bit of my, <clears throat> uh, you know, the, the culture that I had, the, the feelings of the Caribbean and all that stuff. And, it was a very, very rewarding time. And, uh, well, COVID hit and um, business in the restaurant industry went down. Sure. So Darden, a big company, um, you know, there's a lot at stake. There's a lot. So they all, there's a lot of salary that they carry. So they offered everybody who qualified um, a very, very... Uh, lucrative bailout and they call it an early retirement um, because only people over 55 uh, qualified for that so I looked at it and I said you know what I'm gonna take it because I always wanted to do something on my own so I took the payout and uh, then I thought what is it that I'm gonna do <laughs> and the first thing that I did I was sitting at home on the couch for like two weeks 
and my wife is like, uh, so is this what's going to happen now for the rest of your life? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm like, I got to do something. So I actually started to work and I like to play golf. So I actually started to work at the local golf course in the pro shop. And it took me out of the house like three days a week. And <laughs> I was like, this is awesome, you know. <laughs> was that Orlando? It was still? in Orlando. Okay. Yeah, it was yeah. a little outside of Orlando. The golf course is called uh, Forest Lake. And uh, <laughs> so I worked at the pro shop. And while I thought about what is it that I want to do. And the only business I know is the restaurant business. And I said, I didn't want it to open a restaurant because opening a restaurant, it just takes so much. And it's a huge financial investment. You need to hire a lot of people, bartenders, servers, uh, cooks. Uh, and I also didn't want it to do it in Orlando because Orlando is really oversaturated with restaurants. They said so much. Yeah. So Myra, my second wife, uh, she used to live here in um, in this uh, in this area in Cornelius uh, mm -hmm. before before we got married. She's like, oh, let's go up there and check it out." So we came up here a couple of times. Um, her three kids, Matthew, one of them who works with me in the kitchen, uh, they're all twin in the in the twenties. But she wanted to come back to be with her family. She is the mom, after all. Sure. And um, I liked it here. Uh, I like the change of season. I like that it's not 100 degrees with 90% humidity in the summer. Yeah. Um, I like the the area. I'm not driving on the highway anymore. I'm driving the, the side roads. That really reminds me back of Austria. Mm -hmm of my my childhood and the people here are just really really nice very nice very helpful which is also a departure of from orlando orlando you don't always find that <laughs> it's really fast-paced in orlando isn't it very um it doesn't have there's no small town feel in orlando there is no small town feel and hardly anybody is from orlando yeah yeah um People come from all over the place. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people from the New York, New Jersey area who come there, mm -hmm. especially Orlando, because <clears throat> Disney and Universal provide a lot of jobs, right? Sure. And they want to get away from the high taxes and the cold winter. Um, and all around, I mean, you talk to people and say, hey, where are you from? Everybody, almost everybody is going to say, I'm from Jersey, I'm from New York, I'm from Minnesota, I'm from Miami, I'm from Cuba, I'm from South America, I'm from Austria. <laughs> you find people from all over the world, uh, but we can't forget that before Disney got there, what is it, maybe 50 years ago, Orlando was a citrus grove. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Orlando, there are so many really big concepts throughout Orlando, not a lot of I'm sure there are quite a few smaller mom and pop uh, restaurants and concepts, but so much corporate in Orlando, isn't there? Especially in the tourist area. Yeah. Yes. In the tourist area, it's mostly corporate, maybe some small uh, regional 
local chains that are there. Yeah. There's one company called Dock of Town Restaurants. They probably have 15 restaurants, but five different types of restaurants. Yeah. They have their present there. But all the local restaurants, you find them in the suburbs. Uh, Orlando. Yeah. Orlando is not necessarily the city Orlando. Hmm. Orlando is what we call I-Drive, International Drive, where all the hotels are. Yeah. And then, obviously, Disney and Universal. And Disney is growing, and Universal is, is still growing and growing. I mean, they all probably doubled, if not quadrupled in size over the last 20 years that I was there. Yeah. So you make the decision to relocate to to the Lake Norman area. You're living in Mooresville now? Yes, I am. Okay. And y you you had to do something, right? Sitting on the couch seven days a week wasn't going to be an option? Uh, it wasn't, <laughs> according to my wife. No, it, no. Wasn't, it wasn't an option. For me, it was fine, you know. Monday, I play golf. On Tuesday, I ride my bicycle. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, no, 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 no. That's not the way it's going to work, okay? You got to be productive. I'm like, I am productive. She's like, not in that way. So <clears throat> I always wanted to open my own business. And um, the way it came to be 55 Prime actually has quite a lot to do with COVID. Because I believe that COVID changed the way people eat because you, you couldn't go to a restaurant for the longest time. Restaurant adapted by doing takeout, by doing deliveries. And people, customers got used to those service. So we created 55 Prime to deliver high-end restaurant quality meals to the comfort of your home. So we call it in-home in dining. Mm -hmm. You don't have to leave your house. Uh, you can pick the food up at 55 Prime, which is right here, center of Mooresville, or we are delivering it to your place. And that's really the, the big idea behind 55 Prime. So for lunch, we have sandwiches and we have salads. All of our sandwiches are made on homemade bread. We bake our focaccia every single day. It's actually baking as we speak. It smells amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and then we only use uh, high-end quality products. All of our meats are from Boar's Head. I believe in Boar's Head. Uh, they are, in my opinion, make the best uh, meats. We have also uh, high-end cheeses. We pick the tomatoes up every week from Josh's Market because I, I was there yesterday and he has this beautiful North Carolina big tomatoes. And that is important to me because, A, I want to be a part of the local community, but also when I go to Josh's and I pick up those tomatoes, I can pick through them. And it makes such a big difference if I use a tomato that is really ripe than something that is like still half green and was ripened in a greenhouse and they never developed the same flavor. Honestly, I don't care where I buy a lemon because a lemon is a lemon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but when it comes to lettuce, when it comes to tomatoes, when it comes to uh, peaches, uh, I'm always going to go to the local place and uh, <clears throat> buy the best quality product that, that is out there. 
and here in my opinion that's that's Josh I've uh, a few guests have recognized Josh and uh, Josh's market in previous episodes I need to connect with them sometime and get them on the podcast now that you mention it yeah you you, you should it's a it's 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 a it's a real nice place and uh, they actually open seven days a week and he brings in his produce from all over the place. Uh, I believe that Josh, I had never had a chance to meet him, but um, it seems like he's always on the road somewhere looking for corn and tomatoes and God knows what. Yeah. Uh, but I love that place. It, again, it, it brings me back to my roots. Uh, this is the way I did it when I started off my career. We went to the local markets to pick the produce and all that. We had farmers come to us. And um, it, it, it's the best. So spend a little bit more money, but you know what you get. Sure. And what you're offering here, especially the, the dinner entrees, the uh, butcher shop, all premium quality, uh, really fine dining that folks can have delivered or they can pick up uh, to enjoy in their <coughs> home. Yes. Uh, that's where we want to position us. Um, we want to be um, in the fine dining, in the fine dining segment, and the there is, it's a lot more crowded in the in the lower priced. There's some national chains out there, and I can't compete with them. They have the marketing, they have the name recognition, they have the brand recognition, and there's always people that are gonna buy from them. We wanted to position ourselves in the high end fine dining because I did not want to compromise myself on the quality of the ingredients that we're going to use. So we have a butcher shop, and the butcher shop is really where the word prime comes in, because all the meat that we have in there is prime. Uh, we partnered with some ranchers out in South Dakota. They raise Angus, and we only take their prime. So we have strip steaks, we have fillets, we have... Um, ribeyes we have some tomahawk steaks you know the ones with the real big bone on it um and if you want something special give us a week's notice we can get it for you as well the same with the chicken our chicken is fresh never frozen it's actually the choice brand um it's a very good chicken that actually they imported a long time ago from france um and the chicken is all natural no antibiotics so we wanted to do food that not only tastes good, but that is also good for you. Right. So <clears throat> that's, why we, we, that's why we buy those products. That's why we uh, outsource those products. The salmon that we use is called 60 South. And 60 South refers to the latitude. It comes all the way from the very, very tip of uh, South America. And the water there is very pristine, full of nutrients, and very, very cold. So the salmon grows a little bit uh, slower, but it develops more fat. And then when you eat it, that it just adds to the richness and to the tenderness of the fish. So we pay a premium for it, and we charge good money for it. But at the same time, we are delivering something to you that is of superior quality. And that's really what, you know, your your ideal customer, your target market are are the customers who are seeking that 
premium quality are willing to spend a little more for really top quality uh, meal prep and and um, um, and butcher shop items. That is that is very true, Jeff. Uh, that is my that is my targeted customer because, you know, uh, I think there's enough people who can afford our food. All the meal prep items are below twenty dollars, and um, we have a nice variety. Um, we have paella. And when we do the paella, we make it the real way. We don't use Uncle Ben's. I like Uncle Ben's, <laughs> but not for paella. We use a Spanish rice called the bomba rice. That is what the Spaniards use to cook the rice for the paella. We use saffron, not uh, a coloring. Uh, we use the true ingredients. We cook it nice. We cook it slow. And... Um, the other dishes that we have on the menu, like we have a shrimp scampi pasta. I made some for you to take home. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait to try that. We got some nice big shrimp in there, fresh garlic, uh, and uh, a touch of cream, some fresh tomatoes. And then we have also chicken dishes. We have fish dishes. And then we also have uh, some gluten-free and uh, keto-friendly options as well. You can find it all on our webpage, uh, 55PrimeNC. The thing with our concept is, and this is why I say that my food is better than any food that you're going to uh, pick up from a restaurant or get delivered from a restaurant. And that is very simple. Restaurant food is designed to be eaten in the restaurant. Absolutely. And restaurant food is great. If the chef makes it and the server immediately brings it to you, restaurant food changes when you put it in a takeout container where it is sealed. Now the food is hot, it is sealed, it creates steam, and it continues to cook. Then you put it in a paper bag <clears throat> for to go. It sits in the car for 15 minutes, half an hour. By the time you bring it home and you open it, it is not hot anymore. There's no way to do that. There's, it's not hot anymore. The texture has changed. And if you have a pasta, the pasta itself is going to absorb more of the sauce. So it's not the same dish than what you get in a restaurant. My food is designed to be taken out. Yeah. And we don't make anything until the order comes in. So we developed a system that you can place the order, you place it online on our website every day before three o'clock in the afternoon. Three o'clock is the cutoff time. When you place your order, shortly after three o'clock, I go on the computer, I see all the orders that came in, I print them out, and then I create a prep sheet. And then we start prepping the sauces for the next day. And then we actually cook the meal the day of the pickup. So for today, we have some. We're gonna make some paella. We're gonna make some uh, salmon on the on the cedar plank, and some of our other dishes. We also have some butcher shop items. We're gonna cut the steaks for the butcher shop today. They're not laying around either. And then we deliver between four o'clock in the afternoon or six o'clock in the evening. Or if you choose to, you can come by during that time as well. And the reason why it's four o'clock 
because it takes us that long to make the dishes for the day. Because we wanted to make everything that is fresh, nothing is sitting around, and we can make the dish specifically for you. If you say, hey, I want to make the shrimps comfy, but I don't like garlic, you make it without garlic. You say you want extra tomatoes, we put extra tomatoes in there. So we can make it exactly like you want it, like in a restaurant. You know, you tell the server, hey, you know, I want this, but I don't want that. They can make that. But if you have other meal prep services where they prep it ahead, but the food may be frozen and is waiting for you, you can't make those changes. So we can. And then with the butcher shop, the idea of the butcher shop, I really got, I like to play golf. That's why I worked on the golf course, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm not great at it. That's uh, <laughs> why I'm back in the kitchen. <laughs> but I go on a golf trip every year. And the first time I go on a golf trip, now that I am the chef, I get picked to make the first meal of, you know, of the trip. So I'm there. <clears throat> I'm running to the grocery store. I can't even find the grocery store. I'm running to the grocery store, get all of the ingredients, I come back, I start my prep, I make the food. Everybody else is sitting around smoking cigars, drinking wine, having a good time. And then uh, four hours later, the food is ready. And because the guys are drunk now, I got to do the dishes too. (laughs) And I'm like, there's got to be a better way. So the next year, I prepped my steaks, but I also, and I didn't cook them, I just cut them. I, I got my seasonings, I made my sauces. I made my mashed potatoes. I made my creamed spinach. I brought all of that with me. And then my friend Paulie, all he had to do is microwave the spinach and the potatoes. I cooked the steaks. And half an hour later, we had a great meal. And that's the butcher shop too. You get the proteins raw. They may be marinated. We do marinate the chicken different ways. But all the side dishes, your mashed potato, your sweet mash, your truffled mac and cheese, your vegetables, they come fully cooked. So it's very convenient for you when you make those dishes at home. I love that concept. I've, and I've, the research I've done, is it 55primenc.com? That is correct. It's the website. And the, I love the concept of the butcher shop, the prime meats, um, because a lot of us do enjoy grilling at home. And, you know, we talked about that before we hit record. It's it's really a hobby for a lot of folks. Absolutely. Um, but finding exceptional cuts of meat can be a challenge, uh, you know. Um, and having those side dishes already prepared, you only have to warm them up. And they're honestly, those side dishes look amazing as well. And uh, probably uh, certainly better quality than I can prepare it myself. So uh, why not? Uh, the fun part is grilling the meat. So... Uh, uh, yeah, I love that concept. So we've talked about how you you place the order. So if you're if you're ordering lunch, though, what's the cutoff for lunch? Um, <clears throat> lunch we start at ten thirty in the morning, and uh, it goes until two thirty in the afternoon. And they can order same day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And lunch you actually order via we partnered with Uber Eats with DoorDash and all of those delivery services that are available in the Morrisville area. Um, when you order lunch, you can go either on our website, but we ask you to click on your preferred third-party delivery service that brings you, say, click on Uber Eats, 
it takes you directly on the Uber Eats website. You have to order on their site. Yeah. And uh, if you go to Uber Eats and you look us up, uh, 55 Prime, then <clears throat> we are showing up on their website as well. So you place your orders through your third-party delivery service. It comes in. It makes a loud noise. It rings. So mm -hmm. we never miss an order. <laughs> and um, we have it typically ready within 10 minutes. And those guys are very uh, fast as well. They are showing up. Typically, by the time we're putting it in the bag, the driver is here and you get it in lifetime. Just like on any other business, you order it and you get it delivered immediately. The dinners, the dinner entrees, you order the, the day before by 3 p.m. So you can make your selection for the following day. Is that correct? That is correct. And the pickup, so your location here is just, a, I don't know, two minutes off of exit uh, 36 of I-77, just a couple minutes off the highway, really convenient to get to. Uh, right uh, off 150 and kind of the heart of uh, uh, Mooresville and and uh, maybe five minutes from the point and five minutes from downtown Mooresville. So really, yeah. really convenient place to pick up. But also the food, the entrees can also be delivered as well. Is that correct? That is correct, yeah. The entrees can be either picked up or delivered. And um, a lot of people actually choose to come by and pick it up and we got very lucky with that uh, location. We looked for quite yeah. some time, um, and we wanted to have something that is central. And uh, Sue Harding, she was our realtor from um, Newport Properties. Uh, she really worked with us, and she found us the space, and uh, we feel really, really fortunate about that. Your dinner entree delivery system or butcher shop also i think uses yes. the same delivery system yep. explain that that's that's a more unique delivery process yes uh so the way it works if it's uh close by we deliver ourselves so my wife myra or i we hop in the car and we bring it to you but we also use a delivery service called roadie this is a professional service, just like uh, Uber Eats or DoorDash, and they are delivering the food to you. And the reason why we choose uh, Rodi Uber, over Uber Eats, Uber Eats, everything is in real time. But Rodi, we actually pick up the orders from our website, and then we go on the Rodi website, and we... We put in, okay, delivery to this address at this time, and they come to us and then pick it up and bring it over. So there is a little bit more work involved, uh -huh. but the work is, well, uh, I, I love doing it because I think it just adds to the quality of the food that the guest actually will uh, receive. We also spend a lot of time on packaging, and we found... We found those bags. They're like a hot cold bag. Yeah. And uh, we put all of our dishes in there so they stay cold for up to four hours. So by the time the delivery gets to you, it's guaranteed that it's still cold, that it doesn't warm up when it's 90 degrees out there and the car is warm. So uh, we wanted to make sure that uh, the food gets to you in the best possible condition. And using Rodi also expands your delivery area, right? So how, is, 
what is your radius or what is your range for delivery? The range for delivery is really 20 miles, which I think it's, it's quite a lot. That is, yeah. If you think about it, it's 20 miles in every direction. So it's really 40 miles if you right. take us at the center, right? So we deliver all the way down to Huntersville, Cornelius, Davidson, Denver. Uh, yeah. That's a really good range, really good radius. So that opens up. A lot of opportunity for um, residents or, or folks in those communities to also uh, enjoy 55 Prime. The more the better. Yeah. That's the goal. <laughs> the more the better, Jeff. So if you're in Denver or Huntersville, you can still order 55 Prime and have the, uh, the, the, your dinner entrees delivered to you. And they'll be fresh and um, uh, ready for you to either cook the meats, the proteins, or just uh, warm up the entree. Is that correct? That's all, all there is. Um, and we have uh, reheating instructions on all of our dishes, on all the, the meal prep items. We also have uh, a list of ingredients on all of them, and we point out um, any uh, allergens. So the big allergens like nuts, dairy, eggs, and so forth. Yeah, we want to make sure that people know. Excellent. Well, I personally can't wait to try the entree. So uh, I'm already... Um, I uh, can't wait for dinner time, but what I a question that I love to ask my guests, and just moving on a little bit here, is um, I know that you've only been open for about a month here in Mooresville. There's probably been some local small businesses that have been uh, good friends or partners with you. Um, I'd, I'd love for you to recognize a couple if if you if you were able to think of any. Oh, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> Like I said, uh, when we first moved here, we, we didn't know anybody, even that my wife, she used to live here, but um, she never worked in the restaurant industry. She's actually an office manager, and uh, now she manages me around, so uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> still the boss. Um, so that was a big challenge, and I was surprised how many people that we did not know that we had absolutely no connection were really helpful to us. And um, it really all started off with Sue Harding from Newport Properties. She's our realtor and she worked tireless to get us the right space. And um, we may not have been the easiest client for her to work with because we were very... Finding a kitchen is not easy. And finding a kitchen that is central yet also in my opinion, very affordable because it does not sit in an A location right on the highway. We're a little bit back. Mm -hmm. uh, it, was, it was fantastic. Uh, then uh, <clears throat> Jeff Wakem, uh, Jeff Wakem from the Hickory Tavern. Uh, I know Jeff from probably 20 years past when he was down in Orlando and, you know, people in the industry know each other. He saw on Facebook, everybody knows everything on Facebook, sure. right? <laughs> that I moved here and he is like, hey, Peter, you need something? Let me know. And uh, I said, you know, I need, I need a handyman, you know, somebody who can come in here and, and fix what needs to be fixed. Because you go into a space, there's always, you know, things that are not working the way they are supposed to. Sure. Uh, or they are outdated. And Jeff hooked me up with, uh, with this guy, Andrew. <clears throat> from Keeping Carolina Running. 
And Andrew is a godsend. Uh, his motto is, I will always be late, but I always get it done. <laughs> and that's the way it is. And the thing is, the reason why he's always late is because the man works like seven days a week. He comes in here, he's like, I'm coming in on Friday at 4 then at 3.30, he's like, hey, I'm still over in Denver finishing something up. Do you mind me to come tomorrow? And then he shows up on Saturday and gets the things done. And uh, he is one of those guys. I'm When it comes to fixing things, I have two left hands. I can cook. Yeah. I can't fix. <laughs> but Andrew, he can do anything from piping, electrical work to, uh, to I mean, just everything i needed andrew got it done and uh he is fantastic and then obviously uh josh's market um build a nice relationship with them and uh buying local being local is very important to me and uh the products that they have there are well worth that i drive there and pick it up it's not really far and uh the prices that i pay for it because I know that quality is always going to be a little bit more expensive. That's also what I base my business on. But I also know that with inferior ingredients, you can't make great food. Right. With great ingredients, it's easy to make great foods. And that's the motto I always live by. Uh, I don't like to put a lot of ingredients in my food. I just like to start off with the best ingredients that I can and complement them with the seasonings, with the other ingredients that I add to it, rather than overpower everything and then you don't know what you're eating in the end of the day. I love that philosophy, uh, starting with great ingredients, cooking is, you know, cooking great dishes is easy. Uh, I'm sure you make it look easy. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you have... Uh, two left hands when it comes to fixing things uh i i can't fix things or cook so <laughs> so yeah i will definitely have you know sue and and uh harding with newport properties and andrew uh and hickory tavern in the show notes as well shout outs to them and and uh big big thanks to them andrew keeping carolina running um I'll, i may be late but i'll get it done uh, that's understandable these projects are never they, they're never what they seem over the phone, right? So I'm sure yeah. it, constantly underestimating, I'm sure. I, I, I love the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, he, he's, just, he's just a wonderful person. Uh, I, I totally love the guy, yeah. Another question I love to ask my guests would be um, any reading recommendations uh, or podcasts or online resources for folks that are in – either small business or something in the space of personal development, anything like that, or cooking? <clears throat> For the business, um, read as much as you possible can about the topic of the business that you're getting into. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of information out there on the Internet. You just need to filter through it to, you know, is it true or is it just, just written? Is it just there? Um, I think Business for Dummies is actually a pretty good book to read. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and um, if you try to do your own business, um, have a plan. Yeah. Have a plan and really think it through. I, I'm, I've been doing this business for 40 years. But when I started to think about 
that I'm going to do my 55 prime and uh, it's going to be based on delivery and takeout. I talk to a lot of people. I talk to a lot of people who are in that space and I listen to them and um, I made some changes because of that. Sure. Because um, there's other people who are already in that space, they just, they just know. And going into a business, you, you doing it yourself, you always have a lot of passion. It is your baby. Um, you want it to be successful. But in the beginning, it takes time. And uh, my advice is, if you determine what line of business you want to be in and in what direction you want to take your business and where you want to play in your space, stick with it. Just because it doesn't happen in the beginning, don't change. And I see a lot of people, they're starting to change. You know, you have a restaurant and you say, uh, I'm going to do healthy food. Now, it's not really taking off because people want healthy food, but people also want spaghetti or fettuccine alfredo. So now you put fettuccine alfredo on the menu, and now you're confusing everybody. Right. Stick with what you determine is your business and uh, spend your resources on aligning yourself with the right people. Yeah. Uh, we are talking here to a number of realtors because... We believe they have people that they are selling houses to that if we can get into that, you know, um, those are potential future clients of ours, guests of ours. Uh, we're also talking to um, vacation rental home, especially in the high-end um, division, because I think that's a lot of business for us where people come here on vacation and then you can deliver the meals to them or the butcher shop items. So align yourself with the right people, stay patient, and um, make sure you have a little bit of money extra in your bank account because not a lot of businesses uh, are taking off right away. It, it, it may take some time. We usually, uh, it usually takes us longer to start paying ourselves than we expect. So uh, definitely have that, yeah. definitely have that those reserves yeah um but and and align with uh like you said your ideal referral partners so uh connecting with area realtors who especially uh might specialize in the the luxury uh real estate yeah. space and also we certainly have uh certainly have an abundance of uh luxury airbnb uh rentals on right. lake yeah. norman so yeah. Uh, all, all would be ideal customers, but also the prices at 55 Prime are are not out of the reach of most people. It's it's more than you know you might have spent in the past on meal prep, but the quality is so much better, I think, than than what is currently available on the market, and it's really it's really pretty affordable. The prices are very comparable. I would say the prices are actually lower than in your in your high-end restaurants here in your better restaurants here and if you go to a restaurant you a have to hop in your car you go to the restaurant then you have your meal then you have a drink and then you have to tip your server mm -hmm. 
with the meal prep, the prices of the individual meals are lower than what you would pay in the restaurant. And you don't have to purchase your um, your beverage. Your $14 we, glass of wine. $14 <laughs> glass of wine, $14 martini. And, sure. you know, there's only two ounces of alcohol in there, right? right so right. <laughs> going to a restaurant, if you want to go to a restaurant for socializing, we can't compete sure. with that. Yeah. And I think restaurants, it's still a big social affair. Mm-hmm. But if you just want to have a great high-end restaurant quality meal, and you can get it delivered to your house, that's where we come in. Absolutely. And I think there's a lot of space because you don't want to go out every single day. No. And I think if one thing we've learned, at least we have in our house um, over the last year and a half, is that we've actually kind of fallen in love with staying home again. Uh, we do love to to get out and enjoy these, you know, some of these amazing restaurants that we have in the Lake Norman area, mm-hmm. obviously. But we, we also enjoy staying in um, and having being able to have that restaurant quality uh, meals available to for delivery mm-hmm. or for pickup and to prepare at home um, is a is amazing. We 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 uh, I think it's a it's a great concept and we can't wait. I know we can't wait in our house to start participating <laughs> with fifty five prime. All right, I like to hear that. Yeah, I like to hear that. When it comes to, to reading uh, for aspiring chefs, yeah, uh, there is one book that I highly, highly recommend. And the book is probably, it's old. It's like 15, 20 years old. And it's called The Soul of a Chef. And it is written by Michael Ruhlman. And the book has three main chapters. The first chapter is the MasterChef exam. And the MasterChef exam here in the United States is the most grueling MasterChef exam everywhere. Way harder than to to pass it in France or anywhere in Europe. May have something to do that the MasterChef exam here in the States was developed by a couple of Germans. (laughs) (laughs) There's only and uh, only around 60 MasterChefs in the United States at any given point. Wow. Because it takes a week to, of testing different cuisines, baking, nutrition, um, how do you develop your food cost, and all of that. And it is just super, super hard. There's only like the passing rate is less than 20%. And uh, <clears throat> the writer follows a group that are taking that exam and see the struggles and the successes going through. But it, it really resonated with me because that's what it takes. Yeah. Um, and then the second part is about Michael Simon. Michael Simon, a lot of people know him. He's a big guy on the on a Food Network now. Uh, I think he's actually one of the Iron Chefs. But he has a couple of things out there. But then he was just this really young chef up in Cleveland who opened his first restaurant. And he was doing great food. And they had a lot of fun. And it was a kind of like a brotherhood in the restaurant. And um, that is the second chapter. And then the third chapter is about the French Laundry and Thomas Keller. And at that time, still is to this day, the French Laundry is the pinnacle of fine dining here in the United States. And uh, Thomas Keller, to all chefs, is the maestro of chefs. He's just like the goat, you know. (laughs) He's the Michael Jordan of cooking 
but at the same time, he's also very humble. Uh, and he just created this restaurant in Napa Valley that is just uh, heads and shoulders above everything else. Uh, and going in there, the preciseness of the cooking that they are doing and the discipline that's behind it. Um, and I think all three of them together give you a really, really good idea what it takes to one day to become a great chef. I appreciate that recommendation. I was looking forward to hearing what you were going to recommend as far as reading for aspiring chefs. So that sounds like an amazing read. It um, is. Yeah, yeah. I'll have a link in the show notes. Chef Peter Olsacker. How'd I do on the name? Fantastic. Okay. Owner of 55 Prime in Mooresville. The website is 55primenc.com. I'll have that in the show notes, of course. Chef Peter, this has been great. Uh, it's so great to meet you. Thank you for joining the podcast. Jeff, my pleasure. Thanks for letting me a part of it, be a part of it. Big thanks to Chef Peter for joining the podcast and sharing the story of 55 Prime. Listeners, you can learn more about 55 Prime at www.55primenc.com. I'll have that link and the links to the other small businesses Peter recognized in the show notes for this episode. As always, you can find the complete show notes and transcripts for our episodes at the home for Lake Norman's number one small business podcast, www.thebestofLKN.com. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter while you're there. We'll be sending out a discount code for 55 Prime to our email newsletter subscribers in the very near future, so sign up soon. Friends, I really can't say enough great things about 55 Prime. The menu is outstanding and the quality of the dishes is simply exquisite. I know you'll be so impressed with the service at 55 Prime, and I recommend you place an order and experience it for yourself very soon. That will do it for episode 69 of the Best of LKN podcast. Thanks as always for following along, and thanks so much for supporting the local small businesses we feature here on our platform. I'll be back soon with another podcast episode. Until then, cheers like Norman. Bye for now. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Best of LKN. For more information about this podcast, show notes, video episodes, and links to our featured businesses, please visit www.thebestoflkn.com. We publish episodes weekly, so be sure to subscribe and stay up to date. Until next time, cheers, Lake Norman. <laughs>